This is the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Hockey is more than a game. It's a lifestyle. It's you, the diehard supportive fans, your favorite players who are on the team you cheer for and the organization who supports them. The companies that make your gear, bags, and beer league sweaters, the hockey moms and hockey dads, and everything else that makes this House of Hockey your home. Come on in. I'm Breezy. And I'm Ray Ray. And And this this is is our our house. house. The hits literally keep on coming. From one boxing event to the next, they grow in excitement and anticipation. And this week is no different with two of sports' most respected fighters stepping into the ring. This Saturday night, there is no better place to get in on all the actions than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. For this weekend's fight, DraftKings is offering all new users a shot at turning $1 into $55. To celebrate this weekend's huge event, DraftKings Sportsbook is offering new users new users the opportunity to get 55 to 1 odds on either the main event fighter to win this weekend's fight. That's bet $1 and a fighter of your choice wins, you win $55. Plus, with basketball and hockey playoffs right around the corner, DraftKings Sportsbook has even more ways for you to make it rain. DraftKings Sportsbook is safe, secure, and reliable, meaning you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. That's THPN for the Hockey Podcast Network when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can bet $1 to win $55 on this weekend's main event. That's right, DraftKings Sportsbook is going all out for new users by offering them a chance to win $55 when placing a bet of $1 on this weekend's big fight. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 years or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Welcome to the House of Hockey podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Ray Ray. And I'm your other co-host, Breezy. And you're listening to episode 660. And... On this episode, we're heading to Tampa Bay, Florida, to talk to a member of the organization, the in-game host, Greg Wolf. Uh, In case you forgot, they're the reigning Stanley Cup champions, the Tampa Bay Lightning, and they have clinched a spot in the playoffs, so get ready for that. The conversation with Greg is really fun. We hear all about like the fan celebration and the parades and the parties and incredible fan stories. Um, I think you're really going to be able to get a feel for what the Tampa Bay Lightning fans are like just from hearing Greg talk about him being a fan and the other fans. And I mean, haters are going to hate, right, Breeze? Yeah, exactly. I just have to say, I love that he calls himself the wolf and how like everyone in his like community also calls him the wolf. That just made me laugh every time I said it. So I know. And we didn't ask Don't mind him. my little snickers. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, we didn't ask him that, but like, that's the, the obvious answer is that's his last name. And you yeah. know, 
I the think wolf. It, it's a perfect last name. Like, of course you call him the wolf. You didn't yeah. call him Greg. Just, just throw the wolf in. I'm like, oh my God. Throw the wolf is, in. This is awesome. Yeah, he's awesome. Uh, Greg and I have a lot of similarities in our broadcasting career paths, though also a lot of different, you know, we've each made different choices, but that was... It was interesting to hear. I was like, oh, I did that too. Oh, and I did that, but in this city. And, you know, it was just interesting to hear um, some, someone like me, but not. You know? Not. <laughs> but not at all. And he doesn't know any of my family members in Tampa. Um, you'll hear that uh, in the interview. And he does know uh, some people that I worked in radio with. And... Yeah, so stay tuned for that. Yeah. But in other news, what's uh, what's going on in your life? Well, <laughs> to be honest, well. absolutely nothing. I'm Aside from watching every day to see which teams have clinched a playoff spot. The New York Islanders just got a spot, which I'm very excited about for my boy Barzal. Um and Barry Trots, love love me some Trots. Um, I'm excited, like seeing now because every day another team is getting eliminated and or a spot in yeah. in the playoffs. And that this time of year is when I think hockey gets really really exciting. And that's oh, when your definitely. emotions are like all over because you're if your team is one of those teams on the fence of like getting a guaranteed spot, you're like. I really want them to get in, but every single game is really, really freaking stressful. And if they don't get in, then you can kind of relax. But then you're also really upset that they aren't in the playoffs. And then if they do make it into the playoffs, now you're like, oh my God, I've got to go through 500 more rounds of hockey in this like anxious stress state of like biting my nails while I watch the TV. Or I, I might be alone in this breezy, but that's how I operate. <laughs> no, I think so. I think a lot of people are in the same boat as you. So uh, myself included, um, it's a stressful time of year. I'm not going to lie. It's very stressful. Um, I'm planning my outfits for game days. You got to represent. Um, it's tough. A lot of a lot goes into being a hockey fan, and and at the same time too, you can't, you don't want to be a jinx, right? So Which you we need know to, you can, you think you can yeah, be a jinx. I can. So I I tend, <laughs> I, I think the best thing for me to do is just to not say anything. I just need okay. to go with the flow, um, and just let the boys play. All right, that's your. That's that's your plan of action. I think that's my plan of action. Um, can't celebrate too hard for a win. Mm -mm. Um, can't under celebrate a win either. It's a very, very, very thin line. We got to walk on folks. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Yep. We got to be careful. Yeah. I am a little bit sad about the Blackhawks legacy of the last decade is really, really, really coming apart. Like it's <laughs> a reality and I have to acknowledge it. And it makes me really sad because Andrew Shaw, who mm -hmm. is AKA the mutt, 
he announced his retirement from the Blackhawks due to concussion, too many concussions and strong doctor recommendations. And they were showing clips like I watched like a little five minute video he made to just, you know, address the fans and and the team and just to say his piece and thank you and all this. And Corey Crawford retired earlier this the beginning of the season and, you know, Taze is out and all of these like and um, Sharpie isn't on the team anymore. And they were showing a clip of Shaw Sharp. Taze, Keith, and Seabrook, I think, on the ice. And I was like, that was freaking magic. Like, those got all of those guys were all on I the like, ice together. Like, you know, like, I'm yeah. sure you have this with the Kings. Like, just seeing those clips and, like, knowing what they've accomplished. And, like, now looking at the team, I'm like, Oh, it's Keith alone with the fourth line? Oh, okay. You know, I'm That's like, it's funny. just not the same. It's not the same. And it's like, That's it's, funny. it's so beautiful. But like what we had and how like wonderful those moments were when you win and you're just incredible and you're vibing with your team and like the teammates, like we talk about with Tampa, like the lightning, how they just bonded in Stockholm. You'll hear that story with our interview with Greg. And um, it's just sad to see, you know, Shawzy retire and he's young and um, yeah. Well, when you said that, I immediately had like a picture like pop into my head and it's like, you know, have you seen the movie The Sandlot? Yes. You know, at the very end, how like you start seeing them like start to fade away or like run. Mm -hmm. That's what I uh, imagined when you, when you talked to me about that picture, so. Oh, it's That's just fun. Sad. I love the Sandlot. That's such a good movie. You know, yeah, I, I say to Ringo, "You're killing me, Smalls," like all the time. Yeah. He and he has no clue. It's the best. Killing me, Smalls. It's good. But do you feel that way, like when you look at your Kings now, like yeah, I mean, I mean there's everybody so much that has you know. Changed. So much has changed. There were so many good players that had so many good connections and. Uh, I mean, that 70s line was, you know, it triumphed a whole team sometimes. And you got to figure, then they started to kind of collapse uh, in on themselves. And then Tanner Pearson was sent away. And then Tyler Toffoli was shipped away. And now Jeff Carter's gone. There's no more wow. that 70s line. And uh, I mean, even Brownie, he's probably, he's definitely got some more years left in him, but you know with contracts and him being older he's thriving now but like how much longer is he going to be on the ice and I don't know it's it's tough quick's not the same guy and uh you know something's going to be happening with the uh the Kraken obviously they're uh officially yeah. officially official right. right now um so we'll see we'll see what happens it's sad when when teams get broken up players get traded and people start getting you know retiring but that's the nature of the game and uh, it's sad, but I think it just kind of makes you uh, appreciate the game with these guys playing uh, in the moment. So that's all you got to think about. Yeah, I know. It's still sad. Like, I can't even sucks. imagine. <laughs> There's a fly on my computer. I can't even imagine um, what it's like for these guys. Like, just as a fan, yeah. to feel, like, sadness for them 
but like also like happiness of those moments, but sadness that it's over. I mean, I, 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 I'm nowhere near close to what the players go through. And I'm sure a lot of them don't even have time to process any of that, especially if they're like a Jeff Carter and they're being traded, you know, mm-hmm. and like, you don't have time. You just have to yeah. put your head down and get on the ice and make it work and figure out how this new team is going. But Mm-hmm. I um there was something else I was gonna say and it disappeared the Kraken mm-hmm. oh with the Kraken so mm-hmm. because of that like you were saying so so many people of of fans of all of the teams in the league are gonna mm-hmm. have their hearts crushed because yeah. a lot of players and a lot of players that are probably very well liked are going to be heading to Seattle, just like when Flurry left Pittsburgh and went to play for the Knights. Like, that was yeah. gut-wrenching for Penguins fans, but Penguins fans still love him and support mm. him, though I though I don't think any of them would say they're Knights fans, but, you know, there will be it's, people like that. It's going to be... Yeah. Shit's going to get real crazy in the next like, three months. I'm really curious to see who the first person they sign is going to be, but it's, uh, it's really starting to like get to me and stress me out. And like, I'm starting to lose sleep over it. So like I had to like do some research and I was like predictions for who the, the Kraken's going to select for each team. And so like, I read all these different things and I was like, I, I gotta stop. I, I just need to stop. <laughs> see, that's where your like stress comes in is like that. And I'm just like stressed out about like the playoffs and like, if my team's in what kind of emotional state am I going to be in for the next three months? Well, but I do think that, <laughs> well, that's, that's you know, that has stress on players though, because yeah. although they are saying, you know, we focus on the next game or what's going to be happening you know that they're thinking in the back of their head, am I going to be, is this going to be my last game with this team? Is this going to be my last playoff game with this team or in this building or whatever? Because anybody, you know, I'm sure it's stressful for a lot of people, but you got to be one step ahead. Yep. And hope that the team camaraderie with the players is, is there. Cause I think the last two Stanley Cup champions I think that was the magic special sauce was Mm -hmm. the the player coach camaraderie magic good health with the players you know like all of the all of those things but especially the camaraderie so who is that team this year I'm not going to say a word. Well, on that note, I think we should just send it on over to The The Wolf. Wolf. Our podcast is proud to be on the Hockey Podcast Network. And the network is home to many other incredible podcasts, including this one. What's up, everybody? It's Jaren from the Hockey Podcast Network's newest show, the Windy City Benners Podcast. My co-host Tanner and I bring our unique takes on Blackhawks hockey. Us on the show have been a, a pro Carlton guy. For He's the right coach for the situation. Giving it to our rivals. That's one of the things that kind of sucks. I wish we would have had the Blues in our division this year because we are trash. As well as bringing in some guests from the NHL. Please welcome to the show, goaltender Scott Darling. The Eagle himself, Ed Belfort. Brian Bickle. David Boland. Letter Kenny. The, the show started out with uh, basically... A beer league hockey team. And anybody who loves the game. 
Find us on all your favorite podcast apps, the Hockey Podcast Network website, and on social media at WCB Podcasts. Welcome to the house, Greg Wolf. He is the game night MC for the Tampa Bay Lightning. He is in his 14th season in the role with the team. He is energetic. He has this infectious personality and love for the Lightning. And when he isn't working with the Lightning, uh, Wolf serves as the VP of Street Laced Marketing and Promotions. And you can also catch him as the in-game host for the USF Bulls football, as well as the men's and women's basketball programs. Get ready for some energy, some stories, some incredible knowledge about the Tampa Bay Lightning and the experience for fans and even for away visitors. Enjoy our infectious and energetic conversation with Greg. Why don't you uh, introduce yourself to our audience and what you do? My name is Greg Wolf. I am the in-game host for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, this is my 14th season uh, as in-game host for the Lightning. I also uh, in the in-game host for uh, University of South Florida, which is my alma mater, uh, for their football uh, and women's and men's basketball programs as well. So go uh, Bulls. Stay, yeah, go Bulls. Uh, so yeah, we stay quite busy. Um, it's good to be back actually at work. Uh, obviously we know COVID was, uh, was rough for everybody, uh, but especially those in the sports uh, entertainment event industry uh, as we are. So uh, just to be back now, um, you know, with the fans and even in a limited capacity uh, is fantastic. And, and our boys are having a pretty good season uh, thus far. You know, it, it doesn't happen very often um, when you win the Stanley Cup. Uh, how you fare next the next season as a team and and uh, we're kind of breaking those trends this year uh, as the boys are, are playing relatively well right now so hopefully we can carry this momentum hopefully we're getting Kucherov and Stamkos back uh, to, to kind of go through the playoff run which we haven't had that's the remarkable thing about our run too is we haven't had Kucherov the entire season the best player in the world has not been playing this entire year and now Stamkos who you know he's he's had some injury issues over the years uh for him not to be playing right now I think is more if I had to guess I would think it's more of a rest situation to get a, a full 100% team ready for the for the run that lies ahead here in just a couple weeks so um but yeah uh, I've been the host for 14 seasons a lot of ups and downs in those 14 seasons as you can imagine um I actually started with the team in the 06 season so we won the cup in 2004 uh there was a lockout year in 2005 and then I joined the team in 2006 uh, and was actually in the team in marketing. Uh, I was the marketing coordinator for the Lightning and kind of took over the hosting duties in the 06, 07 uh, timeframe. Uh, also did that for our arena football team, the Tampa Bay Storm, which is now a defunct league. Um, <laughs> but did that for, for years as well, which was awesome. I love the arena football league. It was so much fun. Um, and so, yeah, I've been doing it for 14 seasons. The only, the only time I was not the host uh, was when our ownership group went from the Davidson era, Bill Davidson, who owned the Detroit Pistons and he owned the Lightning for the, for the longest, sold the team um, to an ownership group. Like you said, I'm going to not name names. Um, <laughs> we just call them the Cowboys. Uh, that's what go. they're referred to in the industry. And so the Cowboys came in and it was just a bad, it was a bad few years. Um, they just, they didn't really know what they were doing. 
unfortunately, those of us that worked in the organization uh, were not their hires, so to speak. So they basically let go of everybody. Uh, it was awful. It was terrible. Uh, and that was in 09. And then uh, I got a job working for iHeartRadio, was a, a, a marketing coordinator director for iHeartRadio and promotions. And the team got bought by Jeffrey Vinnick, who is currently one of the best owners in all of sports. Mm -hmm. um, he hired Todd Lywicki, who is now overseeing the, the Seattle Kraken. Uh, but Todd Lywicki was our uh, CEO that he brought in to run the organization. And the fans, when I, when I exited, um, kept asking, what, what happened to Wolf? Where is the Wolf? And, uh, you know, <laughs> kudos to this ownership group looking yeah. at what the fans said. And, the, and they listened to the fans. And... They asked me to come back. And uh, that was, I think, the 2010, 2011 season. Again, lockout year. Ugh. And so I got all excited. I was coming back. No, you're not. Pump the brakes. Um, and then we sucked that year when we did come back, when we did uh, resume hockey. And so I've been doing it really since then. So there was only a very short year or two seasons that I was not the host since uh, 2006, 2007. So it's like, again, it's been a roller coaster ride of emotions. <laughs> Obviously, the year we got swept by Columbus then redeeming ourselves last year to finally get the cup back in Tampa Bay. I mean, it's been a crazy, crazy run, yeah. uh, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it for the world. Well, that ownership group is really well loved. You can tell both by the players um, and seeing them celebrate after winning the Stanley cup and just from seeing the product on the ice, you can tell that they are doing a really great job connecting with the fans and the players and everything. But I've, I've been dying to know, speaking of the Stanley cup, Yes. Were you at the boat parade? Were you on a boat? Okay. What was that like? This was mm -hmm. the, f please confirm that this was the first ever boat parade for the Stanley Cup in history. Yes, it was 100%. Um, so I was not privy to the boat parade because I was with everybody else at Raymond yeah, James really? Stadium oh. getting ready for the big celebration. So the boat parade um, and again, a lot of that came through last minute and it's, you know, trust me, what I was witnessing <laughs> from where I was at was equally as epic as the things that were happening in the boat parade. But you guys, you saw the videos, I mean, with killer, you know, with the, with the belt and the, and the, and his jet ski, you know, and his whole doc talk thing. Again, I think our, when you said connecting with the fans and, and the love, even during the COVID times, we were finding ways to connect with fans. Like Alex was doing the doc talk series on his jet ski going Hashtag to you know, influencer influencer, <laughs> the killer with the influencer. So yes. Yeah, so, I mean, we were doing stuff. I was hosting turbo trivia so that people could play, you know, trivia every Wednesday night to connect in a live broadcast uh, format like this. When we were on the road and in the bubble, we uh, created what was a second screen so that when you're watching the game at home, you were able to log in either on your tablet, your phone, your computer. And we literally took uh, lightning vision, our jumbotron screen, if you will, and put that in the palm of your hand. So as you're watching the game, we were live at the arena, basically broadcasting the same game night experience that that was, you know, the trivia that was uh, games that was crowd prompts. That was me and Thunderbug, like with signs like go bolts and you could play along and tap on your phone and cheer. And, and so we did everything we could to stay connected to the fan base so that when we did win the cup, it was extra special for the fans to at least be able to go outside and, you know, line the waterways and do everything we could in, in, in that world at that time to socially distance and, and all that. But it was just one of those things that you don't know what's going to happen. You don't, you can't plan any of that. You just kind of set it up and let it be as it may. 
and it was epic. The video footage was epic. Um, so no, I wasn't at the parade. We were broadcasting the parade because it was on all the news stations here at the stadium, but the stadium was where the big gathering was. Right. And so obviously Raymond James Stadium, open air, outdoors. Um, it was, it just, it set the right tone. Again, pod seating, they did everything right. And so I'm at the stadium and we're watching the boat parade on the, on the huge screens at Raymond James and looking at the time because it was supposed to start at a certain time. Right. And so, yeah. So we're looking at the clock and I'm like, they haven't even gotten to the destination that they're supposed to be at to get on the trolleys to get to Raymond James stadium. Now they're going to have police escorts. There's not going to be traffic, but we are way behind the times. So the staging is set at Raymond James. They're, they're way behind where they're supposed to be. We have a stadium full of people at this point. So it's my job to go out there and basically play hype man for 90 minutes. And well, again, yes, that was a long time to keep fans engaged, but you have to remember too, the circumstances surrounding that celebration. They just wanted to be outside. They wanted to be Mm. together. So we played off of that. We had live DJs. Um, I worked for a hip hop station here in Tampa for almost eight years. So that whole, you know, uh, crowd call and response. We did that in the clubs for years. So you really had to take some of those bits and pieces of those things you've learned over the years and put it to, to use in that situation. And it was a lot of, you know, making stuff up on the fly, you know, trying to go through the top 10, you know, fan voted players. I was making stuff up and screaming out names who, you know, Kucherov and everybody screaming back. So literally that went on for 90 minutes until they got there. And then when they got there, they are lit. All of them are <laughs> lit. And they should be, you know what I mean? It's yeah. they, they've never, this is what they worked their whole lives for. And so they're lit. And we have all of the Tampa dignitaries in the front row, because the players, you know, we had seating and everybody's on the staging area. And the front row is, um, you know, our Tampa dignitaries. It's our mayor. It's like the chief of police. It's, um, it's like, you know, it's serious. Phil Esposito. Yeah, like Phil Esposito. It's Mr. Vinnick. It's it's uh, Steve Griggs. It's like all the, the powers that be. And that's when Drunk Kucherov uh, showed himself for the very first time to fans. And the interactions, like you said, of Kucherov and Vinnick. Uh, and you Big know, Rig. Was, it was, the, was the rig all crazy there at that? Was it, that the event? Yes. Big rig. Uh, who, the glasses. Who became, yep. Florida man. He instantly, we have right. transformed big rig into Florida man with the hat and the glasses and no shirt. I mean, it became legendary. We made t-shirts for these guys based upon these characters at the celebration. I mean, it was next level. I actually, you said a, a funny story. Again, I'm watching all of this because I'm hosting and introducing and Kucherov, uh, again, two sheets to the wind. He had, I think he was double fisted with beers at the time. And so he's just, you know, in his own world and he's like talking to somebody and not realizing that his beer is upside down. And Mr. Vinnick is in front of him in a seat and he is dumping his beer on Vinnick's entire back and everything. And I'm like, Oh my God. But Vinnick again, he's in the moment. He doesn't care. He, he's it's expected, but I didn't yeah. expect Kucherov to dump a beer on Jeffrey Vinnick. And nobody really saw it because remind you, it's behind in, in the commotion, but I saw it all. And I was like, oh my God, he just dumped a beer on her own, dude. Um, but then, it, you know, he played it, he played it along and, and uh, 
it was just such a remarkable night looking back on it. I mean, cause it's, it's hard to, to live in that moment when you're working and you still have a job to do, mm-hmm. but you're trying to enjoy it all and, and, and breathe it all in. But looking back on it now, it was a legendary, epic, epic event. Um, I, again, I, I'm sad that I wasn't in the boat parade stuff, but again, I watched it happen. Uh, and I was a part of the bigger celebration at the stadium. So who do you think did a better boat parade? The Lightning or the Bucks? I have to go with the Lightning just because we did it first. Um, True. The True. Bucks, the Bucks again. Um, well, again, well, they didn't, there was, I mean, we set the, we set the tone, right? So we, <laughs> we showed them the way to do it. Um, and the Bucks did a fantastic job. But if I had to say one thing, and this is the only thing I could critique them on because Tom Brady will forever live in folklore for throwing the Lombardi trophy yes. and, dr- and and same thing. We had drunk Kucherov and there was drunk Tom Brady. Um, but the one thing I think they should have done was, which we did was when they had the boats with the players on the boats, they draped over the sides of the boats, uh, the numbers and the names of the players. So you knew on that boat, it was Kucherov and Palat and over there's Tyler Johnson and, and Matthew Joseph or whatever it was. The Bucks, because they're a bigger roster, mind you, we're not a football team roster. They had multiple boats. So Antonio Brown and, and Gronk are on this boat, and the whole defensive line is on this two-story boat. They needed to have signage. They needed to be able to um, to have signs on those boats so that the the fans would have known as they were going, you know, up and down the waterways who you, was you on can't which see. boat. You like if you're see. not on a boat in the in the water and you're on Correct. the road, you can't see. That's like a little person if they're not close enough to land. You Correct. Know. So that yeah. was the one thing if I had to critique them is that, and again, they had to put this together so last minute. Yeah. Um, that's yeah, the but one they thing. Sh- but they had an example. They had the Tampa Bay Lightning. They saw they how it could be done and they, they didn't did. do it. It was just one of those, that was one small detail they, they, they could have done. But other than that, <laughs> it was also another legendary uh, experience. I mean, just, we were a part of that too. Cause again, all the sports teams in Tampa, you know, we used to hashtag team Tampa Bay and I, I don't know how it is in other cities, um, but our city really has embraced uh, each other. All the teams have, we just had a uh, champions day that all the mayors, uh, the mayor of St. Pete, Tampa, because we had the AL championship for the Rays. We had the Stanley cup. We had the Lombardi trophy and the Rowdies won their division as well. So for the major trophies, it's never really happened before. So um, all of our teams have embraced each other at the lightning games. We will showcase. I had Shaq Barrett in the Lombardi trophy with me at the lightning games. We had the Stanley cup and the whole crew brought it to a bucks game. So we're very good about supporting each other, which has only made our city better and stronger. And, and I absolutely love that about Tampa. That's yeah. awesome. So did you go to the boat parade for the Bucks then, or did you just watch it on TV? So I also have a marketing company that I own called uh, Street Laced Marketing and Promotions. And we are uh, the main entertainment provider for the Buccaneers. They have an area at Raymond James called Bucks Beach. Um, and we activate that area on game days. Uh, our DJs are the official DJs of the Buccaneers as well. So we were involved in that regard um, with our DJs uh, being actually on the player boats, um, having to get wow. clearance at the Port of Tampa uh, to get their, their equipment loaded. And again, a lot of this stuff was last minute. So there was a lot of behind the scenes details and situations that we, my company, uh, was handling. So. Again, I personally wasn't able to enjoy that whole situation because I had 
you know, ownership business responsibilities I was taking <laughs> care of, but we were still involved in it, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah definitely. Take us, um, that's just like the whole thing is just so freaking incredible. And I like, yeah. you can feel <laughs> the excitement, like yeah. even if you hate the lightning, which <laughs> nobody does, right? But like- You'd be surprised, there's a lot of haters, especially now, there's a lot of haters, but that's well, cool. <laughs> but like either way, if you're a true fan of the sport and of hockey and like, yes. you know just how incredible it is to win the Stanley Cup. And like you were saying in the time of COVID and all of this, like you can feel from you the way you're describing this, just how exciting it was. And I think it really came through across like all the social media videos and the players and like the whole thing, but take us inside Amelie. A Amelie, right? Amelie. Amelie. So when you think of Amelie, think of the word family. And that's actually their slogan Amelie. is we're the Amelie family. So the whole crew there is family. So take us inside Amelie um, arena, let's give us an example of what it was like before covid we obviously know everything is like weird now so like sure. describe it tell people about the, the lightning bolts and like your in-game experience so i'm gonna give that to you again from the perspective of visiting fans because okay. not only do we talk to visiting fans all the time that come to our building but we also have other folks in the industry that will come shadow us our game day director john franzone uh, is one of the absolute best in the business. And he came from the Yankees and Disney. So he's been through brands and understands the game presentation aspect better than any other person in sports that I've worked with. And I've worked with quite a few. Um, and he has set the standard so high that our game day or game night presentation, when you come to Amelie Arena, it is unlike any other sporting event, any other venue, any other team, in the league i've been to other markets and seen their game presentation the only one that i have to separate from everybody is vegas, vegas just yep. because <laughs> vegas is vegas number one but number two their budget is mm -hmm. is probably 20 times the budget of any other team in the league because they're in vegas you have to put on a show in vegas especially if it's hockey like and it's amazing i mean i was able to shadow that that group uh two years ago and see from the backstage perspective of what do they put into their game night. And so I have to separate them from everybody else because it's unfair. Um, <laughs> but I'm saying from our perspective, and this is what I hear from fans is, that was, that was more than just a game. It wasn't just, I came here to watch hockey. I was thoroughly enter entertained between the vignettes, the video pieces, the pump videos, the music, the, uh, the entertainment, the engagement that you do with fans, um, you know, the community heroes, I mean, Jeffrey Vinnick, I don't even know how many millions of dollars now he has put into our community with the community heroes program, which I believe is now in its 10th year, $50,000 every single game that he has donated to a local community hero. I can't even tell you hundreds and hundreds, probably thousands of charities at this point that he has had an impact. The lightning has had an impact in our community. And that's what you were talking about is the city, the excitement it starts at the top and it comes all the way down. So through the game experience, through how it infect, it's infectious in the community, the community hockey, the lightning made hockey programs. It's unbelievable what they've done in Florida and people poo pooed the idea of hockey in Florida forever. And I, when you said the lightning have probably no haters, we have a lot of haters because people do not believe hockey, uh, especially those that are, are fans of the original six, 
really don't believe that hockey should be, you know, thriving in a sunshine state. I mean, I get it, guys, but when you realize that people like Steven Stamkos, who could have been a legend in Toronto, in his hometown, chose to come here because of the culture, because of the the vibe that Tampa has, and now he's brought us the Stanley Cup, and you heard him, this is the greatest hockey town ever, is what he said, at, and I'm sure Steven Stamkos knows, growing up in Canada, so the game presentation is just a reflection of all of it. So we always showcase our community hockey. We're always showcasing uh, our community heroes. We're putting kids in positions to do things to thrive. We're teaching the next level of, of us. Because again, it, it, with John Franzone, that's the one thing he has instilled in all of us is we have to teach. You know, if we're going to teach the next level of game presenters and the next level of hosts and the next level of production folks and social media coordinators, we've come up through the ranks and we've been here for so many different eras that we've evolved. And now we need to teach the next group what we do so that that legacy can continue. And again, that's just kind of the perspective that the, the team has instilled in all of us. But the game presentation is second to none. You're always gonna be entertained. Like you said, the Tesla coils, we have two Tesla coils in that building that anytime we score a goal, we're letting kids, we're letting dignitaries fire those Tesla coils. Because again, you are the lightning. We are the thunder. You are the lightning. Um, they're the, I want to say when Vinick decided that he wanted lightning in the building, those two <laughs> Tesla coils, which have been replaced now, I believe twice, um, because I don't think that they were initially created to be used as frequently <laughs> as we use them. So sometimes they leak and they have issues. And I get it. It's electronic equipment. We all know it's not foolproof. Um, but they're like, I want to say next to one, and maybe it's in a museum in Chicago or something. They're the two biggest in the world. Mm -hmm. So again, that, that element of I'm in the building and I look up and it's literally lightning in the building. It's a really amazing, uh, experience to see that because it's something you see in science class or at Mosey or whatever. So to have that in the game definitely sets us apart from everybody else. Our organist, Christoph, and the organ that was built specifically for the arena. Christoph is uh, not only one of the best organists in the world, he's also the main organist for Disney. So again, when you're going for these individuals who are the best in the business, and it absolutely shows every time you walk in that building, and again, from the ushers, the people that you meet, the, the people, the fans, just everything about our building is top notch and, and and i know that it starts at the top again and and they always pro, you know pride themselves on being a world class organization and and it it absolutely is 100%. Yeah, definitely sounds like it. I mean, it's obvious why you're you're a huge lightning fan in general, but how did you get into hockey to get to this point? So it's funny you should you should ask because it wasn't too long ago that i dug up um, something in my closet that i didn't it didn't even dawn on me until I found this and I was like, cause again, grow, I grew up in the Washington DC, uh, Baltimore Metro area. And so we grew up, you know, Redskin fans, uh, you know, Washington capital fans. And so, but we were more, we were more football than hockey. Mm -hmm. And so in high school, when I was up there, we had a media day and I was in a journalism class in my high school and they had a media day for the Washington Capitals. So our journalism class got invited to come to the Washington Capitals media day. And that was an opportunity for us to go to morning skate. Um, after morning skate, we got to take a tour of the building. Uh, we got to interview the players like the normal media. And, cool. you know, we got sticks signed. It was a really, really cool experience. 
And at the end of that, you were supposed to submit like some sort of essay or something to the Capitals organization, their, their PR department, and they were gonna choose one of the essays uh, to win a scholarship. And so, and I didn't remember any of this until I saw this and it all came rushing back. So I guess I submitted an essay for this and I didn't win, but I did get a letter from the Washington Capitals. And I wanna say it was from like 91 or 92 and it basically said, thank you so much for participating in our media day. You know, thank you for your amazing essay, blah, blah, blah. While you weren't a winner, you were all winners in our book, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I didn't realize, oh no, there was a line in the, in the letter that said, we hope that your experience here today shapes your future or something along the lines, like it has some sort of impact on your future and whatever career path that you decide to go down. And again now i'm you know 14 years into into hosting for an nhl organization and i found that letter probably three or four years ago and when i read it i was dumbfounded because of that line by saying we hope that your experience here had an impact that leads to something in your future and here i am a 14-year veteran in the nhl i didn't realize that that may have had something subliminally in my mind that directed me into this world um i had no i had no um idea i was going to end up in the nhl because again I, I came from the radio world i was uh on the radio here in tampa at a station which is now wild 94.1 um, but when i started it was 98.7 but it was a startup station when i was a senior at usf and so um i finagled my way to get in promotions for this brand new radio station um and and kind of became intrigued with the radio world and did promotions in radio and, and basically worked my way up the ranks, did weekend uh, programming, was like the weekend guy. Then I became like the weekend night guy. And then I became the night guy for the radio station, was the night guy for almost seven years, had the number one rated show in Tampa. Um, and the guy that hired me um, to be in promotions at this radio station, his name is Mark Gullett. Um, he left, he was the vice president of marketing for the station. He left to go take the job as vice president of marketing for the Tampa Bay Lightning, wow. and that was in 1999. Now, me being the guy on the radio, on the night show, and being a hockey team in our market, we did promotions all the time together because, I mean, it's it goes hand in hand, radio, ticket giveaways, the whole nine. So we obviously worked together in a different capacity over the years. And when my contract was up at the radio station, um, I was getting interviewed at different uh, stations across the country, but nothing really it didn't really fit. I didn't feel like anything was the right fit. And so I reached out to Mark and I said, Hey, you know, I'm a free agent. Uh, you know, we've worked well over the years. You've seen me come from nothing to the number one rated show in Tampa. And, you know, he obviously said, I would love to give you uh, some sort of job, but he didn't have anything in his department. Nothing was available. And, uh, he held on to my resume and sure enough, um, maybe two months after that conversation, he called me and was like, hey, uh, I may have something that you might be good for. And I was like, I came to the arena, we chit chatted. Um, he kind of let me know what he was thinking about this marketing position. Person he had in that spot really wasn't working out for him. And so sure enough, all the things lined up and I ended up being his marketing coordinator for the Lightning. Again, that was in 2006. Um, and having that radio experience of being in front of crowds, being on a microphone, the way I became host was um, back then the lightning had two hosts, which a lot of professional sports teams, especially the NBA, 
uh, have co-hosts. They'll have a female and a male. Mm -hmm. And back then the Lightning had a female and a male, Jenny and Todd. And on this one particular day, um, Todd had, he was either out of town on business or something. Jenny Dean, two hours before puck drop, has a family emergency, has to leave. So I'm in my office, which is literally a door down from my boss. And I hear the game night director then in my boss's office, basically freaking out. Like, I don't know what we're going to do. Like we're two hours from puck drop. You know, we got to give game night. She just called out. She had to go like, and so I'm eavesdropping and, and I like, literally, <laughs> I literally knock on his door and I'm like, I'm not trying to interrupt guys, but I heard overheard what you were saying. And Mark, I'm like, you know, I'm more than capable to hop in. I, I've watched enough hockey to know what needs to be done. I'm more than happy to help you guys out tonight. And so he looked at the director. He's like, I don't think you have much choice. You might as well throw in the wolf. And they're like, Wolf, you're in. So they got my ear my earpiece in, had my script for me. And they're like, we'll walk you through everything. Just stick to the script. But on the game stuff and the, in the uh, you know, the intermission stuff, you're going to have to kind of ad lib some of those things. I'm like, guys, I got you. And uh, I had an absolute blast hosting that game because again, I'm a fan. I work for the I work for the team, but I'm a fan. And so to now be able to be like the biggest fan, like I'm the cheerleader <laughs> of all fans, I took that ball and I ran with that. Same thing I did at the radio station. If I give me an opportunity, I'm going to make the most of it, and crushed it. And they were like, "This is so good to know that God forbid we have another situation or we need a substitute, Wolf is we can we can throw in the Wolf." And so. Uh, the next very next season, 2007 season, Todd gets a job out of the market. Jenny Dean gets a job uh, on the news station here in Tampa and the, the job became available. And because I had subbed, um, there was like no auditions. I don't remember them ever having like an audition for this. I just kind of like fell into the role and that led to me taking over the arena football team. And again, I did that from 07 to 09. Cowboys come in, we're all out, <laughs> new owners come in, back in, and then did that ever since. So here we are in 2021, 2022, still doing it to this day. So that's kind of been my path of how I, how I got to this point as a host. And again, that has led to me taking over those duties for the University of South Florida, which is my alma mater um, for the football programs and men's and women's basketball program, because again, a gentleman I had worked with in radio was the vice president of marketing for the Rays. He left the Rays, Tampa Bay Rays, took the job as marketing vice president for University of South Florida, knowing my relationship, knowing I was an alumni. They didn't have a host for football or basketball, which Jeez. he was dumbfounded. He was he's like, how do we not have a host for, for football? And, and being able to provide that engagement with our fans to like keep things moving between plays and like, how are we doing sponsorship giveaway? He was asking all his questions. And so I interviewed for that with a bunch of other people and they felt that I was the right fit. And here we are now going into my eighth season for USF football uh, and men's and women's basketball as well. Amazing. That's amazing. Staying busy we've, here in Tampa. Yeah, you are. Yeah. You know, we've ha I've had a similar um, career path as you, though different. I started in radio. I was okay. in, mar in marketing. I in okay. did an internship. I worked yep. in news. I took more of the news um, okay. route outside of radio, but I okay. loved radio. Like yep. radio was so much fun. And then 100%. I got to do weekends. Um, I would fill it on air on the weekends while I was a wow. senior in college and like, nice. you know, the whole experience. Um, so you so get it. Oh, I get it. Like, you've got to take those opportunities. Like when the 100%. news director is like, 
Um, hey, what do you think about, you know, we're killing the promotions team because this was like Katrina, post-Katrina. Okay. This was in New Orleans. So, okay. um, they, you know, everything was shifting. And he was like, well, we could put you on air on the weekends and the weekday nights. And I was like, sure, whatever yeah. you want. Like, I just have class on whatever day at, at this time or whatever, you know. And uh, it was it was awesome. But what was anyway, the format? We were uh, B97, all the hits. Okay. So, so like top new, 40 like okay top 40 okay that's what we, we were we were uh hits in hip-hop so wild okay. wild 98.7 hits in hip-hop but originally we were tampa bay's party station so <laughs> we were top 40 but we were we didn't conform like we you you may hear a you may hear a limp biscuit song uh next to uh you know a keith sweat song next to <laughs> Uh, you know, Justin Bieber to like, I mean, we were all over the place, but that's why people loved us because yeah. we were definitely like a party station. But yeah, yeah we would know we were straight top 40. Um, okay. I got lots of stories from my radio days. But anyway, oh, sure. I digress. Um, but I, I understand a lot of what you're saying about your your career path. And um, I wanted to ask you, do you I have other questions to ask you because I sure. I off air because I think you might know my cousin and you might know some other people in radio that I know okay. from Orlando because I also lived in Orlando. So okay, I'll ask you that later. All but right. um, give us a story of either like a great story of interacting with a fan or and or a player or I don't know, just something fun or funny or wild and crazy that's happened outside so, of what you've already given us. I'll give you two tidbits. These are two of the more recent um, experiences that I feel kind of brought us to the path of the Stanley Cup. So when you talk about um, a funny story, and you can search this if you if you so shall choose after this uh, podcast. Um, so it was, I want to say it was either the when we had Peter Budai, who was our backup goalie, I don't remember if it was the 2016 season. I don't remember what season it was, but so I, we always have a Thunder Kid skater. So at the beginning of the game, as part of our tradition, um, we have we play Thunderstruck from ACDC, and the kid does rings around. Um, he basically it's a boy or a girl, part of our community hockey. So the kid skates out, and the um, the blue crew is behind him with flags. And so the kid does um, circles around the arena and basically makes his way or her way to the center of the lightning bolt. And they pump their fist to the thunder and they have a, a lit up LED um, uh, stick. And that's how we basically set the game off every game. And it's awesome. And so Peter Budai, uh, his son, Peter Budai Jr. was our thunder kid for this particular Stanley Cup playoff game. And so as part of that, I interviewed the kid um, during one of the intermissions or maybe it was a time. I want to say it was during that one of the game whistles or, or timeouts or whatever. And so I always tell the kids, I, cause you know, a lot of these kids are nervous cause they know they're going to be on TV or they're going to be in front of the whole crowd. So I always try to like, you know, dumb things down for them just to kind of calm them down. I'm like, look, this is not like you're not going to be grilled. I'm just going to ask you basic questions that you know, the answer to like, where do you play hockey? Like how long, how long have you been playing hockey? You know, what's your favorite position to play? Do you like forward goalie? Who's your favorite? I always ended though with who's your favorite player. Uh -huh. So uh -huh. I'm talking to Peter Budai Jr. And again, you can search this. It's on the NHL networks or NHL.com. So I'm interviewing him and I give him the whole rundown. I'm like Peter, we're going to talk about, 
you know, how could, have you ever played hockey with dad? Like, cause he was a little bit different cause I'm, you know, he's one of the player's sons. So my questions were a little bit more geared towards his experiences with his dad, but still how long have you been playing hockey? You know, have you, have you scored goals against dad and, and things like that? And so at the very end, all right, so Peter, you know, who's your, who's your favorite Tampa Bay lightning player? And you're expecting him to obviously say his dad and before he could even think he blurts out Nikita Kucherov and then like he realizes you see his face like he realized he spoke like he was thinking and it came out and he was like Nikita Kucherov and then he was like oh my god and he goes and my dad and it's still like you knew the whole thing. my face was also like did he just say Nikita Kucherov over his dad and so I, you can see me stall for a second and then he's like and my dad and I was like say that again and he's like and my dad and I was like you know dad was gonna be mad if he didn't say that so the crowd lost and it was such such a good moment that the NHL network picked that up and they brought put that on their website. So that's why I feel like it's still on NHL.com. So if you go search Peter Budai Jr., you'll probably find it. So that was that's one of those great. moments that was a great and those are the things you can't script. You don't know what fans are gonna say. And you know, it's it's just kids one of those, are great too, because kids, kids can surprise you with their responses yeah. just All like that, you know. All the time. So those are really good ones. Also, the the military homecomings are oh, also. Don't make us cry. We don't want to cry on the podcast. I'm not going to make you Come cry on. because you've seen the videos. I don't have to. I don't have no. to go into detail. But to be oh. a part of those is it never. It never gets old. Um, it, it's one of my favorite parts of what I do because you you know the excitement is that's about to happen and you know the setup because you're a part of it. And it's just like, you know, you're waiting for that moment when, you know, something drops or dad comes out on the bench or whatever it is. And oh, you're looking at the kids or the mom. Oh my God. There's I never, it's right. And that's the, and that's hard. Cause sometimes I get choked up. So sometimes like I still have things to read. So if I'm introducing and, Oh my God, welcome home dad. And so you, you gotta let that moment breathe because people are crying and there's music and there's clapping but I still have normally a blurb at, to like back sell, you know, where, how long dad's been away or mom's been away or what the sponsor messages. And when you're also caught up in that moment and you're choked up, it's like, you have to recompose yourself very quickly and get through the, the last part of your read and get at, get out of the situation. But those are also some of my absolute very favorite things to, to do as a host um, player story. And again, this is, 100% tied into our Stanley Cup rings, which I don't know if you guys have seen. They're the, incredible with the, the spinning coolest, cup on the top. The spinning locks. cup. Yes. So the spinning, and this is kind of where I'm going with the story. So all the details on, on the ring from the, the records from each of the, um, the different uh, rounds of the playoffs, the, the to total overtime uh, minutes during the game versus Columbus, where it went to five overtimes. But when the ring spins, and it exposes the two hockey sticks. And I wanna say there's a black uh, gem in there and it says Stockholm. And the reason for that, as they will explain if you read the, the little tidbit about the ring was, they, they keep referring back to that trip to Stockholm for the NHL Global Series, where they say the team came together. I was privy um, to not only be the host of the NHL Global Series for the National Hockey League for that particular trip, um, but I was also privy to being at a sports bar uh, on the night before our first game. Actually, I think it was two nights before the first game because they didn't go out drinking the night before their game. That wouldn't have been good. I, I want to say it was two nights before the very first game that we played Buffalo. And so um, 
first of all, to be selected by the NHL to go host a global event to me was another highlight of my career, not knowing, you know, how all that was going to play out. That whole experience was remarkable. And we swept Buffalo, by the way, in, in Sweden. Um, but this one particular night, we were invited um, to come hang out basically with the players and the team. And when I say we, uh, there was a small group of us from the Lightning and a small group from Buffalo um, that were in Sweden. And so myself, Stephen Frey, who uh, is basically John Franzone, but he was his understudy, so to speak. He kind of does our game night directing now. John's more in the booth. John was supposed to go, uh, but I think he had a surgery scheduled. So Stephen went on behalf of the Lightning to direct uh, the game nights that were our, we were considered the home team. So it was me, Steven, um, uh, Kinsey, who was our social media coordinator, um, and maybe one or two other people from the, uh, the mascots obviously had to be there. Um, and then the rest was just PR people, teams, coaching and, and whatnot. So um, to be a part of that experience was, was remarkable, but we were invited on this one night to come hang out with what we thought was more the coaching uh, and the PR guys to go to this sports bar in downtown Stockholm. And so we're like, yeah. And they actually have scooters in Stockholm like we have here in Tampa. So we all hopped in our little rental scooters and it was cold in Sweden then too. So that was not great going on a scooter and you're freezing, but we go to this sports bar and the owner of the sports bar is uh, good friends with Victor Hedman because obviously uh, Hedman is from Sweden and is a god, by the way, in Stockholm and in Sweden for good reason. But so, and he also looks like a god. He looks like he a god. Just... He, he is godly and his luxurious hair. I mean, he I is know. godly. Um, so we go to this sports bar and it was closed, like meaning to the public, it was closed. And we get in there and we see Bill Wickett, who was the, uh, the director of player personnel. And, and uh, he invites us to come in and have some beers. And so we kind of sit down and then we look over in the bar area and it is all of the players, like all of them, all the players, <laughs> all the coaches um, and us. And the players are having a good time. Now, mind you, these guys are like in their 20s, you know, like some of them are in their early 30s, but they're young guys. So when they're not in pads and uniform, they look like everybody else, you know what I mean? So they were just all hanging out, laughing, like enjoying each other's company. Like you could just tell it was very warm and inviting in this room. And I'm in this room and I'm like, am I, I supposed to be here? I'm like, exactly. I'm like, I feel like this is super cool for us. Cause like we're a part of the team and I'm hosting and it's awesome. But like, I don't feel like I belong because I'm not, I'm not, we don't interact with the players like that. People think like we do. And yeah, we do like when it comes to charity functions and off the ice stuff, but not in this capacity, mm -hmm. not where I'm in a, in a closed off environment. That's for the players to enjoy themselves and not be bothered by the public. And so they're all drinking and hanging out. You could just tell, like, there's a lot of camaraderie going on right now. You know what I mean? And so I, I talked to Bill Wicket and I pull him to the side because it was just such a good vibe. And I was like, Wick, I'm like, these guys do this all the time when they're on the road, huh? And he goes, what do you mean? I was like, <clears throat> well, I mean, they all look like they're having a great time hanging out with each other. And he goes, they never get to do this. And I'm like, and I thought about it. I'm like, you're right. Because I guess when they go on a two-game road trip or whatever, or they're on a road trip, they have a very, it's structured. Like from the time you get to the team hotel to time you have practice to downtime you have in your room or where you can go eat something, then you have to go back in the morning. And so they don't get time to just go out as a, as a group and hang out with each other. And so 
he's like, they never get to do this. And so just watching them that night, hanging out, we were all hanging out with them and the coaches, we just all were having a good time. And it absolutely set the, the tone, if you will, for the rest of that trip. And that trip is what really, as they say, was the, the night that they all came together. They said the trip is when they all came together, but that was the only night because again, it was game night, game night, then we were home. So that was the night. And I was there, I was a part of it, I witnessed it. And no lie, we're all getting ready to leave the bar because they'd shut down. Um, one of the soccer teams over there or something had won a championship. Again, Victor Hedman knows these guys. And so I hear them over talking that they're gonna go to, some of them are gonna go to this club. And Victor's like, hey, we got invited to come party with them for their championship. And I'm like, I'm not going to that. Like, I'm gonna go back to the hotel. And so one of the girls, um, oh my God, I forget, or Liz, Liz is with uh, the front office. She's been there forever. Her name is on the Stanley Cup. Cool. Liz was a little tipsy, um, as were <laughs> some of the other people. And Liz, and I don't know Liz well enough um, to know her, to not, you know, be a little wild. And so I guess Liz hopped on a scooter and was like, go, go gadget, like, follow me, I know where we're going. And it's like, gets on the scooter and almost eats it, like almost hits a curb and goes flying. And Pat Maroon and the guys were seeing this too and they are dying laughing, like we all saw it and we're dying laughing. He's like, who's gonna go get her? And so like, this was really the time, like I didn't know Pat Maroon's personality like that. And now we see him as the big rig, like, it was just such a funny, just fun <laughs> moment, a fun night. And sure enough, the next, you know, two games in Sweden, we dominate Buffalo and we go on and win the Stanley Cup. And they keep reverting back to that night uh, or they say the trip, but it was really that night. And oh. so for me to now be a Stanley Cup champion with them, I'm even more connected to that ring because I, I was there. I was a part of it. I. I lived it. And so it's even more special now to see it uh, and know that I had a little piece of, of that. I had a little bit of it. So, um, but what a remarkable trip that was. What a remarkable experience that was. Um, I've also um, hosted the NHL All-Star Game when it was in Tampa a few years back. Got to host the red carpet, uh, which was, again, one of those surreal moments because I'm literally announcing all the players as they come on the red carpet. And as the host of the red carpet, um, the director told me, you're going to inter you're going to announce three guys at a time. They're going to come off the bus. They're in groups of three. They have handlers that have sticks with their names on it. You get to choose whoever you want to talk to. So it's like, what? You get to choose yeah. So they literally like the guys know that you're going to pick one of the three to ask a question to kind of set the tone for the red carpet. And I was prepared because I said, I need information. I need to know all the guys so that I came prepared with cue cards. So whoever I chose, like, I didn't want to talk to Sidney Crosby. I, I'm sure fans, what are you talking to? I'm a lightning fan. I'm not talking to Sidney Crosby. So like, I would like pick and choose who I wanted to speak to. Um, but again, that was a super, super cool experience. So I've done a pretty, I've done a pretty good job. I think uh, for my friends at the NHL, for them to have me do like a global series event was remarkable and i'm truly honored and humbled uh looking back that i was able to be a part of that but those are two stories kid player related that uh stick out in my mind that are still fresh in my mind but did you talk to roman yossi i did not i don't uh, think i talked to yossi um that's Bruce's i talked favorite to player 
I talked to uh, King Henry because obviously he was so dapper that day. Like, I mean, these guys, first of all, the suits, their suits cost more than my house. Um, obviously, <laughs> I talked to our guy, Stamkos. Um, I talked to Suban because he and Stamkos go back as, as kids. And again, I, I just, I don't remember everybody I talked to. I talked to a lot of guy, Bernsey. Um, I talked to a lot. And I got to also co-host the mascot game with my That's buddy, sad. Mike Todd from Columbus, who was awesome. Um, so just really, the NHL has been very good to me. I mean, really, I've, I've had a lot of cool experiences over the years. Uh, I'm just oh, I'm very fortunate. Do you have a ring? Did you, can you, did you get to buy so, a ring? Uh, so I'm getting a ring. Yes. Um, but I don't know if you guys knew this. Um, there's a lot of shortages in the world right now, especially lumber. I don't know if you guys are paying attention. Lumber to the news, price is very our, high. Okay. So lumber is ridiculous right now, but there's also shortages in other, uh, textiles and things of that nature. And the ring has a lot of blue sapphires in it with the amount of diamonds. But I think if I recall hearing correctly, there was, there was a sapphire shortage. And so to, to them to get the rings for the players, I think that was like a race. Uh, I want to say it probably almost came down to that day before they got to Vinix to have that private ceremony to get their rings presented to them. I want to say it almost came down to the day. So those of us that are with the organization, there's no rush for us. I get them. We're getting ready to get into the next run. It would have been weird to give them a ring before. Like in, it just wouldn't have. But for us, we don't care. Well, I'll wait till next year if you want to wait till yeah. next year. So. Um, so I have no idea. I'm just, I'm on standby right now, but I have been told and in, have been instructed, uh, that I will be getting a piece of hardware. Awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> well, I have one more question for you sure. before we get to our final three. You got um, it. what would you say to either a fan or a visiting fan coming, uh, to the arena? What is like a must do or like a must sit in section or anything yeah okay so drink. well first of all our, again i'm not trying to 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 brag about our arena but it's oh no you are you okay, are so Emily is one of the best it's fine. it is and i mean again vinick <laughs> has put millions and millions and millions of dollars into that arena to get it to be an experience and again with the way trends are and the way that we consume things now and how the world we live in the COVID era has absolutely changed everything. Everything now is touchless. Everything is um, no touch. So all the bathrooms, you're not gonna touch a sink. You're not gonna touch a toilet. Everything flushes on its own. You get your own dispenses. Even food now, you order by QR code. So you come in the building, you scan the QR code, whether it's on the screen, it's all over the walls. You scan the QR code, you order whatever you want from your phone. You sit in your seat, they send you a text when your food is ready, you go and you have a bag ready, like an Uber pickup <gasps> bag with your name on it, you pick it up, you go to your seat. So no you waiting in line? No waiting in lines. No, I'm telling you like the digital, you can load your, you have a, a digital app that you can load money onto. You can have, uh, um, if you're in certain sections, they will, if you wanna buy a shirt, like if there's a special on these Tampa Bay Lightning tumblers on the team store now, 50% off depending on where you are in the building, you can order, they'll bring it to your seat. Like it's, it's, it's unreal, the technology and how Vinick and, and Steve Griggs and these guys have got the way of the world that we're in now, how they've integrated that into the game experience and how that has changed the game experience and will continue to uh, moving forward. So the fact that everything is touchless, you feel completely safe uh, knowing that they've adapted to the, to the trends now, but the food options, are endless it does and they've done an amazing job of incorporating local 
So a lot of the restaurant booths are local fare. Um, a lot of the beers, obviously Tampa Cigar City is huge. We have the Cigar City Lounge, uh, which is on our plaza area out at Amelie. You definitely want to get to the game early because of the entertainment on Ford Thunder Alley, live music, live bands. There's vendors out there, games to play, amazing food, Cigar City tap room. Um, when you come in the building, again, sight and sensory overload, just from interactive walls to uh, directional signage to the concerts that are coming up to things that you, it's just, it's an experience, not even talking about the stuff that's happening during the game. Um, but if you come to the arena, you definitely want to get there early just to experience the whole vibe of Ford Thunder Alley before you head into the game. Um, I would also suggest that you check out all the different levels. If you're a 100 level concourse uh, who's sitting on the lower, cool, but go up to the 300 level. Go check out the Bud Light party, the, the rooftop that overlooks downtown Tampa. It is one of the best views of the city, and anybody can go up there at any time. We have a Heineken rooftop that overlooks Sparkman Wharf. That's on the club level. These are areas you need to go explore when you come to the building. There's amazing art along the walls, some that are local artists, some that are hockey-themed art. Um, it's just, it's, it's really a sight sensory overload and you need to soak it all up when you come into that building. Um, but yeah, and just all the cool things around the arena, we have Sparkman Wharf, which is literally a walk down from the arena where there's all these food options and outdoor bar areas and games, and it's right by the water and our water street district is under construction right now, but just, there's amazing things happening in downtown Tampa and Jeffrey Vinnick is a part of all of it, all of it. It's unreal. All right. Well, I feel like I need to go for like you do. five games in order for it to, to <laughs> get yeah. it all. Yeah. Yeah. Pick a pick a week where we have where we have like three or four home games, and uh, you definitely want you'll trust me. It, it'll be worth it. Yeah. Okay. I'll take you. Yep. We'll do it. Awesome. So we ask all of our guests these final three and a half questions. Okay. I think we've already know one of the answers to one of your questions, but. Okay. Who is your ultimate hockey hunk? Uh, we have a lot of hunks on our team. Uh, we may have one of the best looking hockey teams in all of sports or all of the NHL. A lot of guys with luxurious haircuts and uh, locks of love. But like you said earlier, I mean, Victor Hedman is a, is a good looking gentleman. I mean, his uh, he looks like Thor. He's Swedish. His suit game is second to none. Uh, he literally will open up his suit and you'll have Tampa Bay Lightning uh, fabric on one side and I'll have Sweden on the other side. I mean, he, his suit game, he's just, he's a good looking gentleman. I'm going to have to go with, uh, you can't go wrong with Hedy the Hunk. I mean, come on. No. Flows and, off the tongue. It does. And who is your favorite <laughs> hockey lady? It can be player, uh, broadcaster, reporter, anything like that. Um, I did have a favorite. She kind of went more to uh, Major League Baseball, but she's super, super knowledgeable. It was Kelly Nash? She worked mm -hmm. for Fox Sports Sun, uh, but now she's with the uh, she was with the MLB Network. But when I had uh, time to interact with Kelly, uh, you know, when she would be at games doing sideline reporting stuff, she was fantastic, uh, just with her knowledge. Um, but for us, I mean, if I have a favorite, I have to go with Kaylee Chelios. I mean, she's our Tampa Bay Lightning reporter, obviously her dad, hockey uh, legend, Chris Chelios. Um, so Kaylee also, uh, she's super, super knowledgeable. I mean, her, obviously she comes from a hockey family. When your dad is Chris Chelios, you got brothers, uh, you've been around the sport your whole life. Um, to hear her insight on post game shows, even on our uh, Lightning Game Day Live stuff, uh, 
she can hang with the big dogs anytime. I'll, I'll be surprised if the NHL Network does not nab up Kaylee at some point, uh, but she's fantastic at what she does. Breezy, you do the last two. All right. Well, I think uh, we already know the answer to this, but do you have a Sidney Crosby story? I do not. I mean, my only Sidney Crosby story is um, choosing not to interview him. Choosing not to interview him. <laughs> I that's really it. I mean, we have a lot of crybaby Crosby fans that love to embrace that. And I love to see what the fans pull out when, when the Penguins are in our house with the big baby faces, like the ones that literally will try to get as close as they can to him. I've seen him where they have the baby face and then they'll stick it up against the glass when he's there for pregame warmups. And so you just see, and it's like the Crosby and then there's this, this crying baby face, which I think is hilarious. Um, but yeah, if I had to, the fact like you just said that I had the opportunity cause I got to choose of that grouping and I chose not to interview uh, Sidney Crosby. But again, Lightning fans would have never let me down. Cause again, I couldn't have done that interview wholeheartedly and been like, oh, well, you know, Sydney, listen, sorry dude i don't like you you're a, an amazing player just like we hated pk pk suban for the longest time I, like i hate this guy because he's our like one of our nemesis but what he does off the ice and the and the mm -hmm. stuff he does for children in the hospital stuff it's like i hate this guy because he's so damn good at what he does and it's like it's, mm, but you you have to respect him so i can't stand Sidney crosby obviously i respect him as a player and what he's yeah. done but i can't stand the guy it is what it is all good. That's all good. All right. The final question. Do you have a so, completely non-hockey related, by the way, okay. do you have any uh, like a ghost story or like a UFO story or anything like that? Uh, not really. Um, it's the first time I think I've been asked that question. Um, <laughs> no, that's good. We're separating ourselves on the podcast yeah. market. I don't think I do. Uh, Wow. No. That's okay. Nothing. Like That's no cool. lights flickering, never going to a medium, never seeing um, an identified flying object. Nothing weird in the sky over Tampa. I haven't personally. The only thing I can tell you that I've had some sort of weird experience before was a friend of mine lived in an apartment uh, and she swore that there was something evil about the apartment. There was like, she would get weird vibes. There was, she felt like there was something wrong. And so I was like, as your friend, cool, I'll come spend the night at your house because I want to see if, like what you're talking about. And sure enough, the night that I slept at her house, uh, nothing, like I didn't hear any weird noises or anything except for, uh, it was like four in the morning. Uh, and I remember I felt that there was something really close to me. Like I felt, and I was sleeping, but I felt like almost like pressure and and again i don't know if this is what it was but to me this is what i experienced as i felt the pressure i was almost like what is that and then i felt something go like tap me and i woke up i was like what the f was that like it woke me up from a deep sleep because i felt like something did this to me and i looked and she was sleeping on her side on, on the side of the bed so i'm like and so i literally woke her up and i'm like I told her what happened. Like, I don't know what the hell that was, but I felt like something touched me. And she's like, now you know what I'm going through. And I was like, you need to get the F out of this apartment, like now. And sure enough, uh, she moved and uh, she found out later from the apartment complex, somebody was killed in her apartment. <gasps> and they never told her when she moved in that somebody had died. I don't know if that was against They're the law. They're supposed you to just close that when well, you buy a that house. Was a big, maybe not yeah. an apartment. Well, maybe not an apartment, but uh, somebody had been killed in that apartment. 
So, and I didn't realize oh, that until years later, because then, you know, all those shows started coming on cable, like Ghost Adventures mm -hmm. and Paranormal. And then I remembered that happening. Because again, I didn't see it. I don't know if that was a bad dream, but I remember feeling that and waking up like, what the F was that? And told her, and she's like, now you understand. I was like, I'm out, I'm out. And so that's the only time I've ever had anything like that that out of body or like some sort of energy like i don't i can't explain it but i don't know if it was just a bad dream or if that was just nerves i, I don't know but that's the only thing i can re relate to that well we'll leave it up to that's the listeners to decide if it was <laughs> yeah. uh, a dream yeah, or no. real that's kind of the fun in, in talking about these stories yeah no doubt thank you so much for your time tell everybody where they can follow you and keep up with all of your adventures and all of the things you do Awesome. Yes. Thank you guys. Please follow my company on social media. It's called Street Laced. Uh, you guys can hit us up at streetlaced.com, uh, Street Laced promo on Instagram. Me personally, you can follow me on Twitter. You can follow me on Instagram. It's at Third Leg Greg. That's three R D L E G G R E G. Uh, on Instagram, I'm probably more active on Instagram, uh, especially with my snaps on game days. So if you want to see that first person experience of what I see on game days, uh follow me on instagram because i do my best to make sure you guys get a first person perspective of what i do on game nights awesome awesome thank you so much thank you guys i appreciate yes. you having me today thanks for coming over to our house of hockey podcast and hanging out with us we'll be back next week with a brand new episode and in the meantime you can follow us on social media just look for house of hockey podcast we'll be back next week